Join the Dark Order. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Episode 43 of Social Suplexes Podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. I'm your host, Floyd Johnson, and with me this week is my buddy, All Elite, Tiffany. How are you doing today, Tiffany? I am doing great. How are you? I am doing uh, fantastic. We uh, sent out that information for people to send us questions and answers. We got a lot more questions than I thought. Which was which is good, but I'm going to set the example or set the uh, set the expectation that we are not going to answer every question uh, on this show. We're going to do well, we we talked before the show. We've selected a few that we can answer because, as we know, I am a little long winded, and if you give me too many answers, we'll be here for three hours. We will then whatever. Yeah, it would be very long if we did all of it. Yes. We'd <laughs> be here all day. Yes. Uh what we don't answer, I plan on throwing a few uh throwing a few Amy's way for next week because you know next week will be our first show of the year and we can get some answered then. But uh hopefully you like the ones we picked and uh this is a great show for you. Uh before we get started, I wanna start by letting you know uh this episode of All Things Elite is brought to you by Power Slam TV. Power Slam TV, where you can get access to over 4,000 hours of content from over 110 of your favorite wrestling brands from countries all around the globe, right onto your laptop and mobile device. If you use the code Social Suplex, you get the first month free. So, uh, yeah, big news of the week. Let's start with the big news of the week. I've sent the screenshot. AEW on Christmas Day or the day before Christmas, Cody announced that there would be. Uh, an announcement on Christmas that they finally got permission to release, and we were waiting with bated arm. Uh, we were bated breath, and we had no idea what it would be. Did you have any idea what it was going to be? I had no idea what it would be. <laughs> I really did not. Uh, it's Cody 
likes to post things and get everyone in a tizzy. So I had no idea what it was going to be. Yes. So AEW announced this week that they are headed to Newark, New Jersey. Uh, it is going to be at the Prudential Center on Wednesday, March 25th. It is their first time in that area. This is, I mean, Newark, New Jersey. This is huge. Uh, is, yeah, it's considered New York to a lot of people, you know. Uh, and this is. It is, yeah. I mean, when you know, let's not to bring in WWE, but when they run run WrestleMania there, they call it New York, and they're not in New York. So I mean, that's that's huge. So that's really a really big deal. It's a huge arena. It's uh, I'm pretty sure arena that typically is run by WWE. So uh, that's a big get for them, and I'm super excited. I think it's big big news and. I know some people get kind of upset when the news doesn't directly affect them, but they have to look at it, the bigger picture that it's big for AEW. So that's, it's really good news. And I'm super excited about them getting that building. Yeah. I mean, getting to the Prudential center is one step closer to getting in New York proper talking Barclays, talking MSG, whichever one they get in. It's just, yep, absolutely. It's, it's just a step closer. So, if you don't understand that this is a big thing for AEW, I don't really know what to do for you because this is huge news for AEW. It is, and I think it'll sell out very quickly. You have a huge area of people that will travel to it and and can get there by you know by public transportation, which is amazing up there in that area. So I see this selling out, and I see it being in a, a massive uh, episode of Dynamite. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. So I'm really excited for them. And this is the biggest lead time for tickets on sale I've ever seen with the AEW show. This show, uh, tickets don't go on sale till Friday, January 24th. You almost, I mean, from the time they announced that you had a full month to get ready for the on sale date, tickets as low as $25. I think, yeah, I think it's going to sell out, and I think it's going to sell out like a pay-per-view. I think it's going to sell out in about an hour. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And, yeah, they're very lucky with that because most of the time we get an announcement on Monday and tickets go until Friday, and you barely have time to figure out funds or whatever, but you also want to make sure you get those tickets right away because the best tickets go very quick. So, um, yeah, it's big. They have You have a lot of time to gather up what you want to do and make a plan and get those tickets uh, at the end of January. And, yeah, I see this selling out very quick. So if you're in that area and you want to go, I would definitely jump on it right away. Or else you'll be hitting up StubHub for a lot more. <laughs> you don't Ab want to do if you don't have to. Absolutely. It, it sucks. I mean, I, I definitely fan of StubHub, but having to go there means you're going to be paying a premium for tickets. Well, we're yeah, going sure. to start off this Q&A thing with a tough question. And I really like the question uh, that we got here. And it is from our uh, friend Dave Brown. Now, if you don't know... Uh, me and Dave uh, d did a podcast together for a long time called Around the Ring. Dave, you know, watches AEW. He's somewhat of a critical fan, uh, which is good. So we're going to talk about his question. So I'm going to read the question, and we're going to – how this is going to work, I'm going to read the question. I'm going to let Tiffany answer first. Then I'll follow up if my thoughts differ in any way. Uh, so here's the deal. I want to like AEW. But every time I watch it, there's something that just turns me completely off. And in parentheses, he has the librarians, the Dark Order, JR's commentary. What am I missing? 
what would you suggest that I watch to try and get a new perspective on the product? Okay, so this is where, you know, my positive Tiffany comes in because I, the question I really wanted to answer because it blew my mind that, that, you know, you, the, the examples you gave, you know, fair examples, dark order, JR's commentary librarians, if you don't like those, that's okay. That's maybe less than 5% of what AEW has to offer. So my answer is to pay attention to everything else you didn't mention because it's excellent. And I feel like if that's what you draw from AEW and find as a negative and choose to only focus on that and not allow yourself to see the rest, then that's because you're trying not to like it. Because truthfully, you have an amazing tag team division, a tag team division that is far and wide better than any other company out there. You have a growing women's division, which, you know, I know I'm not saying it's the best women's division out there, but every week it gets better and better. They're adding more stars, more importance to the matches. Um, you have people like Cody, you have the Bucks, you have Kenny, you have Chris Jericho, you have MJF, you have Darby Allen, you have Jimmy Havoc, you have Nyla Rose, you've got Chris Statlander, you've got Riho, you, I can go on and on. So I just smashed your list of three negatives with all of those positives. So I think the perspective and what you need to do is pay attention to those other things you don't like because I truly think that if, if all you can draw from AEW are the three things you don't like and they're very minor things at the end of the day, that you're not trying very hard to like it. So maybe you don't really want to like it. So that's where you choose, do you want to become an AEW fan? Do you want to enjoy all the positive it has? Or do you just want to draw those few negatives and just focus on those? Because that's what it sounds like to me. So for me, I say uh, the huge list I just named, you know, every show you watch, there's always something that you don't care for, whether it's New Japan, whether it's, you know, WWE, you know, there, there's plenty of negatives to draw from every show. You know, you can find some in every show. Nothing's perfect, but it's what you choose to focus on. So to me, if you focus on all those other things, you're going to really enjoy AEW. So I don't think it's very hard, and I don't think that, you know, there's much to tell you to enjoy other than just not focus on the three little things or the few examples you gave of what you're not into because there's the matches are excellent. I think the shows are great, and I can't see how anyone would look at, like, you know, Librarian's Dark Order and JR's commentary and let that be a reason to not enjoy the entire show and the entire company and all they have to offer. Join the dark order. All right. I I agree with everything you said. To add uh, on a more simplified way of, I mean, more, not even more simplified. My simple answer will be to watch AEW Dark. Uh, first of all, JR is not on commentary on Dark. Second of all, uh, the Dark Order is more of the Wednesday show. So you don't get a lot of Dark Order on AEW, AEW Dark. And the librarians are very much a small part of AEW. I mean, it, it they're nothing. They are, I mean, they're a yeah, lower so, so joke. Yeah, they don't even get skits anymore. So I don't understand how the librarians would bother you. I know it's an example. It might have been from the earlier shows, but the librarians only get TV time to lose now. But if you want to stay away from the Dark Order and JR's commentary, I would advise you go to AEW Dark. I would also advise that you, you know, make sure you're keeping up with the product because it it 
hits from a lot of different areas. You know, you get the BTE, you get the dark. It is a very full universe of stories. Just make sure you're getting all of that. And, you know, JR is not going anywhere, unfortunately. For, I mean, if, uh, if for that's... For people who don't care for him. But yeah. especially, I don't think it's so bad that it would keep me from watching. I mean, you have Tony Schiavone and Excalibur, who I think do an excellent job. Um, JR is hit and miss for me. I love JR. But as far as commentary, he's hit and miss. Um, but, you know, what's going on in the ring is far more important than what's going on in commentary. And then also what Floyd said about Dark, I think I really agree with that, but I don't think you should sleep on Dynamite because of a couple little things you don't like. Because, again, it's a two-hour show and maybe ten minutes of one person that you just can't stand. That's life. I mean, you're just never going to like it all. But you're miss- you would be missing out, to me, on so much more goodness by not watching because of the possibility that the Dark Order might have a segment. Um, to me, I just can't imagine sleeping on the rest of it because of like two things that just you didn't like. Cause again, you know, that's, that's everything you watch. You're never going to like it all. And it's a newer product. So you focus on those things you don't like easier because with say WB, for example, you're just so used to like Michael Cole's terrible commentary. You know, at this point it's just part of the show and you're used to it. So it doesn't stand out to you. And I'm not saying you, you know, that's just an example because a lot of people say Michael Cole's terrible, you know, whatever. But that's just an example. Like, it's so, you're just so used to it because it's been years and years. So this is new. So those negatives are easier to focus on because you're just, everyone, and not you personally, but the fans, I think, obviously pick apart AEW a little more because it's new and it's just all right there. And if, it, if one thing happens they don't like, it's like, no, this is terrible. And let's focus on that rather than the bigger picture and how good it is overall. So that's just something else I wanted to add. Yeah, I mean, New Japan's one of my favorite companies. They have matches that I don't like. Uh, you know, AEW, I don't like everything on every show, but I always take it with any show. It's an 80-20 rule, and I think the 80-20 rule can reply to a lot of things. If you like 80% of what you're seeing, I mean, it's a really good episode. You know what I mean? I'm like, definitely, I it absolutely. Can be, it can be the best movie and best TV show ever. I doubt there's gonna be. I doubt that you're gonna love everything about it. So just, yeah, I I would say in this case, take our uh, take our um, take our mantra of focusing on what you like and kind of ignoring what you don't. Even though JR's commentary is hard to ignore if you don't like it. I JR has been the background music of my life when it comes to wrestling, so I don't notice him being bad. So I cannot you know, I can't tell you that he's good. I'm just saying, you know, everybody has different tastes. Absolutely. Yeah. So hopefully we answered your uh question, Dave, completely, uh, to your satisfaction. Uh, the next question up is going to be from our friend Lucy. Uh, let's get down. Uh, Lucy, and it's at you love Lucy. <laughs> uh, what has been, <laughs> Tiffany, what has been your favorite crowd reaction chant in AEW thus far? Um, for me, I would have to say, uh, Lucy, uh, thanks for the question. I think it's a great question. Um, the favorite crowd reaction or chant, I'm going to have to go with crowd reaction personally. And, uh, you know, it's all personal bias aside. I just can't pick anything more than when Cody picked up the mic after the match against Dustin at double or nothing and, you know, said 
you know, I, you know, I, I don't need a partner. I don't need a friend. I need my older brother. It was a genuine moment. Uh, Dustin didn't know it was going to happen. He genuinely thought that might be his last match at that point. He knew he would be with AEW in a backstage scenario working with, you know, talent, but it's turned into something bigger. And that was just such a genuine moment, genuine tears, the hug, and then the crowd reaction to that. Um, I was front row crying. They shot, uh, our other co-host, Amy, they, a shot of her crying. Um, if you look at pictures that people post, um, like ones I posted of the hug, if you look behind the, uh, the, in the crowd behind Cody and Dustin, it's just nothing but tears and smiles. And it's such a, you know, it's such a, gen, it was, like I said, it's a genuine moment and it, and it was a positive moment. And it's so great when you can have, you know, a sold out arena, all just so, um, you know, into what's going on, that everybody is just emotionally invested. That's what wrestling's about, when you can pull the fans in, and, and, and they're so invested that they're um, crying and smiling and just in that moment with the guys in the ring. So for me, I can't think of anything that would compare to that crowd reaction. It was just, and to be there in person was amazing, but even when I watch it back now, it's just still such a moment. So for me, there that's untouchable in terms of, the moment itself and the crowd reaction that followed. Join the dark order. I am going to uh, uh, completely agree, but I want to give a different answer just so uh, you know we're not just saying I agree. Uh, I, I thought. <laughs> and I do that a lot. <laughs> yeah, so uh, th that's why I'm like I'm giving you like my number two, and this is comes from Dynamite in Dallas from from the beginning of the match when QT Marshall is in the ring. And they're calling, they're chanting literally Cody's friend to the end of the match. They're chanting QT Marshall and he gets his own chant. And just from his entering work, his, uh, you know, energy and his enthusiasm. If you have followed the elite journey, QT has been a huge part of it. He's always the guy either in the background or the side of Cody. When we go to the signings, he's right there with Cody so that fact that he got that moment, I'm like, I hope he gets more moments in AEW, don't get me wrong, but that moment where his work and everything seems to came to a pinnacle and he got the reaction that he deserved. Absolutely agree. That was so special. And then they showed a interview with Cody after and he got really choked up just talking about it because it meant a lot for him to see his friend have that moment. And you didn't know it was a real gamble to – put that you know they they played it out well where mjf picked qt as the partner because i'm obviously you know if you say cody with qt marshall a lot of fans are going to say who is that you know you have your hardcores like floyd said who know that qt is literally there every step of the way if he's not in front of the camera he's behind it and he is essentially you know like a personal assistant to cody just working so heavily behind the scenes um, but he is also a 15-year in-ring competitor, so this isn't new to him, and he does training in Atlanta. He has a training facility. Um, so this is, you know, this is a this was a big moment for him to be on TNT with Cody, and for the fans to go from, like Floyd said, to, hey, Cody's partner, Cody's friend, whatever, to chanting his name, that just shows, for one, how good he is, and like Floyd said, I agree. I hope he gets more moments like that. But also, yeah, just to see the fans embrace him like that, and he won them over in a matter of a match. I mean, that's that's massive. And 
I love that for him, and I do hope he gets more moments like that. But that's a definite great answer, I think, for that because it's another moment where it's a totally different moment from what I chose, um, you know, in, in a so special in a different way. And, I, yeah, what if, that's a great answer. So I 100% agree. That's like a top, the top two right there. Yes, yeah. I, I just, like, it was just, like, it was really, like, one of those things. It was, like, you know, he they could have just had him go in there and, like, get pinned. But he really had kind of a star-making performance that night. So I was, and you got to experience that live. So. I did, and I was, you know, and it was like, it, it's like I don't know him. He's, not, you know, we we don't. I don't know him at all, really. He doesn't know me from Adam, but it, there was a, there was a sense of pride there, you know, a proud moment, definitely, because I was, I was more like I was really, really happy for. Him. So, uh, all right. So next question. Comes from Ryan Evans at Evans5902 on Twitter. He actually submitted a few questions, but the one we're going to focus on today, Tiffany, is would you like AEW to work with companies like NWA, Impact, and NJPW and trade talent? I feel like I know the answer to this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think absolutely. Um, I think that was one of the things that, you know, when – Cody, Matt, and Nick, um, and Kenny have kind of started this vision before AEW was even born, and the things that happened on the Jericho cruise um, last year where we had people from Impact going against people from Ring of Honor, and it's never been done before. Um, you know, I think when people work with each other rather than against each other, it's everyone wins, and it's good for everybody. Um, obviously, you know, AEW might be a little bit in a different situation than the other wrestling companies like Impact and, you know, and New Japan and NWA because they are on TNT and they have ratings and other things to worry about. So I know the factors are a little different, um, but at the same time, I 100% think it's, like I said, when everyone works, when people work together, I think it's definitely a, a bigger, a bigger, uh, more success for all wrestling in general, which is obviously nothing but a positive. Um, if I had to choose, if I could only pick one company for them to work with, 100% it would be New Japan. Um, I I always did love the um, what made with Ring of Honor and New Japan having their partnership. And at the time when the Elite were part of Ring of Honor, you know, that to me was a huge thing when I knew that Cody was going to be on a New Japan show or the Bucks or, you know, or you know, vice versa, when they would bring the New Japan talent here. It just seems super special. And I think for me, I, if I had to choose I, one company, it would 100% be New Japan. I would. There's so many matches I would love to see. And to see them, whether it's, you know, Wrestle Kingdom or different shows throughout the year um, from New Japan or to have them brought over and on an, an AEW pay-per-view. I just think nothing but good can come of that. And I truly, truly hope that we can get that partnership um, between AEW and New Japan. I know it's been talked about, rumored, hoped for, and I don't I don't have any insight in, in terms of whether it actually is going to happen or not, obviously. But 100% would love to see it. Um, I, I don't know, like I said, with um, Impact, or NWA, I'm not against it, but if I if I had to root for anything to happen, it would 100% be New Japan. Although I will still say that I long for my rubber match between Cody and Nick Aldis. Um, I don't know if I'm the only one, but they're one and one. I still want to see that match. Um, the problem there is, I don't know. It's it would 
I don't know. It just, I, I just don't know. I don't know if I see that happening for some reason. But with the New Japan one, it feels like it could really, truly happen. So, not maybe that's why I, I even root for it more than the others. But there's a, just the talent in general. I love New Japan, and to see those two companies interact to me would just be magic. So, a hundred percent would love to see it, and most definitely above anything would be AEW and New Japan having a partnership similar to when Ring of Honor and New Japan had one. I completely agree. Um, the only um, uh, I'm going to just elaborate on my side. The first of all, with the NWA, NWA has really become, might not be on the level of AEW, but they are American competitors, so I could see why that would never happen. But I can, right. I would love if Cody would do one of their, because they do tape so many months in advance, maybe do one of their TV tapings and then do the main event at the show against Nick Aldis or at All Out in Chicago, the site of one of their first matches, maybe have an NWA title match on there. Uh, I was one of those people at the beginning. I was hoping that AEW, you know, I wouldn't say bought out NWA, maybe came up with a merger where all their titles would be NWA titles. It was a pipe dream. I knew it wasn't going to happen, but <laughs> it was something I wanted it to happen. I wanted it to happen. Because, you know, like New Japan, their titles aren't called New Japan titles. They're the IWGP. And I just thought that would right. be so cool if AEW was AEW, but their titles would be the NWA titles. I just thought that would be kind of cool. You know, just kind of that reference. But, um... Yeah, Okada versus Moxley. Come on, main event of any show in the world. Uh, you can do <laughs> one. You could do one in Japan under the New Japan banner. Banner. You could do one in America under the AEW banner. Jericho uh, versus Minoru Suzuki. Uh, Cody. We could finally get the end of the Elite versus the Bullet Club if we wanted to. Four on four match to end the show. I mean, the you know combinations would are uh the combinations are just amazing uh i will throw it yeah yeah and i think they would all sell out shows because they're so protected impact uh there are a few people i like i would love to borrow from the impact women's division uh because they have tessa blanchard ty valkyrie jordan grace three of the most amazing wrestlers in the world i think man that would add to our women's division but I don't, you know, I don't know how that would work. Uh, but I do, I do love the impact. I know Brian Cage is friendly with uh, AEW, so that works. If we could ever get, like, in June, like, instead of a Clash of the Champions, maybe do an Impact versus AEW show, I think that would be very cool. Um, just something, you know, fan service type of thing. But if you ask me one company, I want us... I want AEW to work with, and I say us as an AEW, it is going to be stardom. I know they weren't on the list, but they are one of the best women's wrestling companies in the world. With our current roster, which I do love, I do love the wrestlers we had, I th- but I think it could give the women's division the shot in the arm that it needs. But, you know, I... I didn't. I said what I said because I just don't want to say the same thing as Tiffany. No, a lot of our answers. Answer, a lot <laughs> of our answers would be exactly the same if I didn't ad lib. I'd be like, okay, I agree with Tiffany and JPW, and then that would be it. And let's so. move on. No. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, believe. We start talking about 
those possibility of matches and whether it's, you know, the elite and bullet club or it's, you know, Okada and, you know, and Suzuki and just seeing them with so many, I mean, the talent in both companies is just insane. And I, you know, it's like that dream match scenario. And like you said, I think it would sell out a hundred percent. You know, any show that they would do here in the States, if they did something that was AEW in New Japan, I would not even blink. It would sell out so quickly because it, that's, it would just be so special. And I don't think that it would lose it after a while because it wouldn't be all the time, you know, and that's what would make it special. So I just, I really would love to see that happen again. It's such a, you know, a big, if, um, you know, we do have Jericho, uh, in Mox who are going to be at Wrestle Kingdom, which is great. Um, so hopefully that's a good sign. But either way, I just, yeah, I could 100% love it. It would be great. And I think Floyd's answer is good, too. I mean, I would I would not be opposed to stardom. Um, you know, I think that the focus needs to be on building the AEW women's division that we have because they're starting to gain momentum. But down the road, um, once it's established more, I think that would be awesome to see as well. So I definitely agree. All right. Next question, that was from Mr. Evans. The next one is from Aaron Mullins, I believe. Let me make sure I am reading this in order. Aaron Mullins asks, which AEW match do you think would be to best to introduce to a non-wrestling fan to the sport? I actually have a weird answer for this, but I would love, I'm, Tiffany, shoot, let us know what their answer is. Okay, I have two um, because I I uh, default to I think Cody versus Dustin is a match that you could show anyone who's never watched wrestling in their life, and they're gonna be wanting to see more after that. Um, I just think that you know, to me, storytelling in a match is super important. Um, but I love all kinds of wrestling and all kinds of matches, so I have two answers: Cody versus Dustin because of the old school factor that it had, but still felt so current. The the, um, the the emotion, the storytelling, the way it built, you get, a, you know, when you get a Cody match, you know you're going to start off in a, you know, with a slow build and it's going to just gain momentum. It's going to reach that peak where you are just in the palm of his hand and he's got you the rest of the way no matter what the outcome is. That's what Cody does and he does it better than anyone. And then you put in Dustin, who is just one of the absolute greatest to ever get in the ring and he's still just as good, if not better than he's ever been. It was magic. And that match to me, if I show that match to anyone who's like, okay, so you like this pro wrestling thing, show me something that's going to make me think this is good. And I would show them that and I would be so shocked if they weren't like, no, you're right, that was excellent. Um, on the uh, opposing style, I would pick the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers from All Out because that was just so complete opposite of what Cody and Dustin did, did but so good and just shocking. And if I have a fan or someone who's not a fan who wants to maybe be a fan, I would show them both of those matches, Bucks versus Lucha Bros, because it was just insane. And no, I don't want to see them do that all the time because I love them and I don't want them to die out there. But but that can be done, and, and, and maybe on an even a lesser scale of the insanity of the moves, but it would still show them that, okay, this is what wrestling has to offer in – you know, 2019 going into 2020, you have matches that are going to draw you in emotionally. And then you have matches that you're going to be watching through your fingers because you're afraid to see what happens. And if I can't imagine how one of those two or not, or both wouldn't make you a fan after. So those are the two that I'm going with. Okay. Now I'm going to tell you, she completely stole my answer 
even two. I was going to say two matches. She took the two <laughs> matches that I was going to take. So, Are you serious? Yeah. So uh, I'm going to say I got two more matches. One will shock you. Uh, Nick Jackson versus Ray Phoenix from Dynamite Episode 8, that singles match. I think in a nutshell – that gives it captures the energy of AEW or AEW. So that Nick Jackson Definitely. versus Raymond Phoenix first match. My second match I'm going to give you is from the opening night of AEW Dynamite, and I'm I am purposely not picking a Cody match. I'm just letting everyone know <laughs> I will generally pick Cody matches all the time, but I'm purposely not just to add color and volume to this conversation. I'm going to say Nyla Rose versus Rio, the women's title match. Great. Uh, that's a great answer. That match was so awesome. Uh, the best thing about that match is that the crowd wasn't into it at the beginning, really. It was kind of quiet, and you felt the build from the storytelling, and you know you really felt that concern for Rio, and then there was this point where it could go either way, and it's like, that's that's professional wrestling to me. And then Nick Jackson and Ray Phoenix was just fun. They came out, initial energy, out, and they threw every big move. If people's like, if someone was to ask me what does modern indie or modern professional wrestling looks like, I would point them to Ray Phoenix and Nick Jackson. So those Yeah, I absolutely think those are two really good other options for sure. And the, like you said about the crowd with Riho and Nyla, that is just proof of how you can go into a match, maybe not sure how you feel about the people in it, but if they do what they're supposed to do, they can draw you in. And the way the crowd was into that match, once, you know, as it built up and, you know, all the way from probably the mid-match to the end was insane how everyone was out of their seat, just jumping up and down just I couldn't believe every near fall I mean it was just awesome and that is such a great example yes so yeah I just I just like I I was doing my list of AEW matches of the year for another show that I was on and it was just because I am I think I'm on one nation radio this week and I just like it was just amazing it was just, uh, you know, and I, I just I watched Nick and Ray do it again, and I was like, I'll never get bored of that. And then I watched Nyla and Rio do their thing, and I was like, these are matches I can see watching five years from now because they are the building blocks of what AEW is becoming. So Absolutely. I completely agree. Four great options. So if you ever have anyone who wants to know why you like AEW or wrestling in general, those are four matches you might want to show them because I think they they would be ones that would really make people want to see more, which is the whole point. So I think that's those are good, two really good answers as well. And I'm just amused that you that I chose the two you had in mind. So that's hilarious. Dylan Kane is next up. And Dylan asks, what kind of stipulation do you guys think MJF will announce for his match against Cody? I honestly can say this is the toughest question I had because this could go so many different ways. So, Tiffany, I will let you start. It, it's so tough. I almost want to make you go first to see what you say, and then I can, like, maybe draw from it because I feel the same way. I, I wanted to answer the question because, for one, it's, 
it's a Cody-related question. It's a huge story in AEW that we're all just, like, waiting for the slow build, and I think they had to kind of get through a few because they want this to happen probably maybe, maybe who knows, maybe at Revolution, which is why it's kind of stalled a bit in terms of build. We've had a little things here and there. But um, I, I really um, I can't wait for the match when it does happen. But, yeah, do you have any predictions off the top of your head that you want to give first? Because I'm still kind of on the fence of coming up with them. So I'm hoping if you give yours or kind of elaborate, I can help draw from that. Because, I, like I said, I really didn't want to leave this question out for obvious reasons. It's just a, it's a great question. But I, um, I'm a little like you. I, there's so many options. I'm a little bit unsure of what I think. I'm still trying to decide. So if you have anything to start with, I will elaborate if that's okay. The only thing I can think of, the only one that makes any sense to me is that Cody has to step down as EVP. That's the only one that I could think of. It was like, it's, it's a little carny because you know he's not really stepping down as EVP. But right, right. But it was like, I mean, to me, it's like, hey, I'm somewhere in the United States. Pick one. It's just this. It could go so many different places, and he already can't. Uh, he already can't go after the world title anymore. So I really, really, really don't know what it could be. Just being honest, I like even on my wildest imagination, I don't know. It's it's definitely I'm with you on that. Um, that's it's definitely as far as um, if there was a stipulation of you know if Cody loses he has to step down, um, and MJF is the one naming naming his conditions because all Cody wants is to get in that ring and to destroy MJF. Um, there as far as the match itself, the one thing I thought of as far as um, the match itself would be something in terms of like an I quit match because, you know, Cody, MJF made that decision for Cody to stop the match at full gear. And so I could see him wanting to, you know, basically say, well, I'll let you say you quit this time because I'm going to beat you to the point that you won't be able to continue. So I, I didn't know if it was going to be a match stipulation rather than like a thing where Cody loses, this has to happen or that has to happen. That was my other, the thing that I came up with, just because he could use the fact that he quit for Cody at um, full gear and that whenever they do have their match, Cody will quit on his own because MJF is going to just claim that he is going to just tear Cody apart to the point that he will quit on his own this time because of what MJF does to him. And so that would also set up a match that will very likely would be without, you know, no disqualifications or whatever. And I think that could be, I think those two could really have a special match. And I, I mean, I know they will, cause I'm just so excited for them to, to wrestle. I can't wait for it. Um, I think once it finally happens, everyone's just going to be so ready to see Cody get his hands on MJF. Um, so if you add a stipulation like that, um, I think that would be really cool, but I, I think too Floyd's suggestion is another one because it could be bigger than just a match stipulation as far as the kind of match. It might be bigger than that. So it could go so many ways. And I'm so excited that we don't have to wait much longer to see what MJF has to say because I'm so curious what he is going to throw out there as his conditions or his stipulations or whatever to Cody for this match. And I can't wait to see how Cody responds. Um, 
there the other thing I was thinking is if it, if there's any way, which I don't know how, be, just because MJF is in charge of the stipulations, but if there was a way to get Cody out of him not being able to challenge for the title, but since MJF is nowhere near the title picture, I don't think that'll happen, but I wish it could. That's probably just me wishing. But, um, but yeah, I think it's going to maybe be something along the mat, match being an I quit match, and I think Floyd's suggestion is also very possible. Um, again, like he said, we all know Cody really wouldn't be stepping down, but you have to suspend belief and just enjoy the show. So if it was something like that, I think that would be really interesting too. The only other thing I could think of, and I thought about it while you were talking, I was definitely listening, but while you were talking, and again, I feel like this would be funny and serious because of of the story if MJF makes Cody put up Pharaoh. And I said that. I said that that I was waiting for that when when Cody originally was in the ring and offering the watch and the money and his, you know, Louis Vuittons and everything. I, I said that I was like, I was ready for MJF to come out and, and say, I'll do it, but you have to put Pharaoh on the line. And honestly, I feel like, and I didn't say that only because I, I didn't know if it would really happen, that it want to look silly, but I'm kind of glad you mentioned it because I did tweet that that night and the fans like Pharaoh is so over but I think if, if MJF did that, I think I don't know that there would be anything. Obviously, in Cody's life, there's nothing else that would mean more to him, you know, besides Brandy. But I don't think MJF would want Brandy because they're obviously not buddies. But um, as far as Pharaoh, like, I feel like the fans would be so invested in this. Cody's, like, world would be turned upside down. I mean, that is, like, Pharaoh is Cody's absolute best friend. I think that would actually be the best thing to do. But I just don't know if they'll do it, but I would love it because it would add so much. And the fans just, like, Pharaoh, like Pharaoh gets a bigger pop than people sometimes when he comes out. Cause who couldn't love Pharaoh? He's great. So I 100% would love to see that. Again, I, don't, I didn't say it, and I wish I would have, but I didn't. I'm glad you did because I did, like I said, even that night on Dynamite when Cody was throwing it out there about, you know, what do you want? Tell me what it will be. I really thought he might come out and say that. I really did. So... I love that idea, and I, like I said, I, I'm glad you brought it up because I, I was actually, it would be something that would be really, to me, I mean, the fans would care about that, honestly, and I think it would be bigger than Cody being EVP because, again, even though, again, we know that, you know, maybe in real life MJF isn't going to take Pharaoh, but at the end of the day, they could make some really good segments with that, and it would actually have fans invested because I think people would be super like actually concerned about Cody losing Pharaoh, like it, if he lost the match. So I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I, I, I think it would be cool. I don't know which way they're going to go. AEW definitely zigs when I think they're going to zag, and I love that about them. That's one thing I do like about the presentation is that they are not predictable yet. Join the dark order. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, our next question is from our friend Jeremy Schmidt. Uh, he is on one of my so uh, Facebook clubs that I uh, go through, and I sent the question out to him. He says, who is the unsung hero of AEW in 2019 and why? Again, that was who is the unsung hero of AEW in 2019 and why? I will let you pick, Tiffany. This one is so hard because I feel like there are so many unsung heroes of AEW. Um people that work behind the scenes in capacities that we may not know about. And there's a lot of stuff, you know, just a lot of people that do a lot of things. 
Um, I, I think my answer will be kind of a loaded answer because I don't think it's just one. You know, I think of Ryan Barkin from Pro Wrestling Tees and his staff who who supply the merchandise for AEW. Everything Pro Wrestling Tees does is printed on demand. They don't have a stock. Every shirt, every, you know, 30,000 shirts or whatever that was sold during the Black Friday sale, and every single one of them made it before Christmas. I mean, that's huge, you know, when you have a company like AEW that is growing in popularity and selling merchandise and things like that. And it might be a something that people don't think about, but it's something that deserves um, a mention because it's huge. And his staff, they work extra hours and just work so hard to get that merch out to fans. And that's a big deal because that's a huge part of of wrestling is wanting to sport those shirts and, and support your favorite. So just a just a thing, it's maybe not AEW directly in the terms of the show, but I just think it deserves praise. Um, that's also, you know, to say with Mrs. Matt, Dana Massey, who does all the merchandise, you know, I think AEW's merchandise is above, like, so many other wrestling shirts. I think they put out great stuff, and I think that's because someone like Mrs. Matt, who helped YoungBucksMerch.com, which is what put Matt and Nick on the map, she was behind that, and now she's the head of merch and stuff for AEW. I don't think Dana gets enough praise for all the work she does, so I think that that's someone else who really deserves um, to get mentioned, because I, I think she does a lot, and you know, she's not out there on the camera and she doesn't, she's not on the shows, but she does so much. And I just truly think she deserves it. And I, her and Ryan together collectively because they are behind that um, side of things with AEW. So I just really think that those two deserve to be mentioned. Um, I have, you know, there's obvious answers, you know, of people, but I just wanted to go with two lesser obvious ones. Um, And I'd also think that the, um, and I'm going to use, make sure I, you know, stress the positive AEW fan base. Um, 100% are unsung heroes of the company because you have a lot of negativity in wrestling, Twitter, wrestling fandom um, on both ends, and there's definitely AEW fans that are super negative and for no reason. And I really think the people that are positive, not trying to start fights, just wanting to celebrate what they love and to the people that support AEW so wholeheartedly, um, whether it's, you know, just tweeting about the shows and spreading the word, buying the stuff, going to the shows. I think that, you know, you know, all the guys in AEW, you, you know, and like Matt, Nick, you know, Cody and Kenny, they will all say that, you know, and they've said it so many times that AEW wouldn't exist without that fan base, that core fan base that's growing and growing and I think that AEW's fan base really does have a great amount of positivity in it. I hope that continues, but I think that sets it apart. Um, it, it, it definitely brings the vibe at the shows, unlike any other shows you're, you go to. And so I think those little things that aren't the obvious answer of, you know, Cody and Brandy doing all the behind-the-scenes stuff, of course, I mean, I praise them every day for that. So I think it's good to mention the ones that don't get it because they are those unsung heroes, the ones that don't always get the recognition. So I'm going to go with those for my answers. All right. Well, I have two also. One is actually a performer in the company. Me personally and a lot of people have crapped a lot on the women's division. And, you know, and, you know, like I try to, you know, be positive and everything like that. But the person, the, the the person carrying the torch for the women's division, and I think she does a lot bringing people on, is Rio. 
I want to give Rio an unsung hero because, again, she's the champion of the women's division, and no one really has a problem with her work or how she works, but a lot of times the whole women's division gets thrown under the bus, and I just think she's done a great job in her role as champion. Number two? Definitely. Number two would be Christopher Daniels. Uh, the reason I'm giving on Unsung Hero, uh, he has taken a lesser role as far as a wrestler. You know, uh, gave, gave up his, you know, I know storyline, but gave up his spot for Scorpio. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't hurt. He gave up his spot for Scorpio. He could be an older guy that's trying to force that square peg in a round hole, but no, he has taken, he is talent development and he has taken a lesser role in wrestling and you know that can't be easy for anyone so I definitely think he's also an unsung hero yeah I think that's a great example he he does do work obviously we know behind the scenes he's had a talent relations but he's still you know just as good as anyone out there and could be that guy who's out there, like you said, instead of it could have been Frankie and, and CD and, and winning the titles. I mean, not only did he put Scorpio in, you know, allow that. I mean, you know, because I mean, I'm sure, you know, it, originally it was supposed to be. And like you said, he wasn't hurt. That was a, a moment to put Scorpio's guy over. That just shows kind of what a the kind of person he is. And, you know, not only that, but to, to win a title. So he gave up being the first ever tag team champion and that's a huge deal so i definitely agree he does a lot of stuff behind the scenes more than we could possibly know about and then to do that for someone who's an up-and-comer and has just absolutely nothing but a bright future ahead of them in aw that's huge so i i totally agree i think that's a great answer all right well we can go on to the next question uh dan dan tracy who do you predict being the biggest breakout star of 2020 in aew they said men, women, and tag teams. So he wants three answers. Very good question. Very good question indeed. Um, I I hope this isn't to me an obvious answer, but because I mean I think he's already starting to break out. But you know we started we started Dynamite in October, which to me is when I really base the true like yeah we had some events before that, but when TV starts, that's when everything really started mattering in terms of like stories and just build. And I really, truly think Darby Allen for the men, 100%. I think the fans are already behind him. It shocked me this uh, when we, the last Dynamite when Cody and Darby teamed together that people were chanting, we want Darby. If that's not proof that Darby is going into 2020 with the potential to be one of the biggest stars in AEW, I don't know what else to tell you because – like that hurt me as on a as a Cody fan. It hurt me to hear it, but it also made me super happy for Darby because it wasn't in a negative place to Cody. But that's just how over Darby is, and that's huge. I mean, you're in there with Cody Rhodes, probably the like he is the face of AEW. He's one of the biggest stars in the company, the biggest stars in the world, and the fans who love Cody. Like that, like I said, this wasn't coming from a place of negativity, but they love Darby so much they were chanting, "We want." Darby like that was a moment I was shocked by it but also happy and sad all at once it just was a little weird but it was not a bad thing it was just you know because that's Cody so for me I was like wait but it's Cody but but it's but that's just proof Darby's excellent I absolutely love Darby he's probably my favorite person in AEW that I did not know about prior to 
AEW other than watching the uh, special on the Vice Network. I just learned about him, and then he was part of AEW, so it just kind of all worked really nicely. But Darby Allen for the men, 100%. I, I don't know. Um, I know a lot of people are asking if we, you know, uh, are mentioning that AEW needs a mid-card title. Um, I'm sure that something along those lines will happen at some point. I don't really know. You know, I don't, I don't want to get too heavily into that because that's not part of the question. But if that does happen, I could see Darby Allen 100% taking that and making it just completely mean something. I just think he has so much to offer. He's so unique. He's so talented. He brings something completely different, and it's genuine. And I love that because one of the things that we know with AEW is they let the wrestlers, you know, as Cody always says, they play their own songs. They don't have to, you know, they're not telling Darby to act the way he acts, and that's why it works because it's him. So uh, I just think the fans connect with him. They obviously want to see him, and I think that they should just 100% ride that out as long as they possibly can. So I see 2020 being huge for Darby. Um, For the women, it might seem like the the easiest answer, but Chris Statlander is clearly just, she just, you know, she hasn't been there very long. Everyone wanted to see her sign the minute they saw her, and from then on, it's just people really take to her. She's so talented. I feel like she's what the women's division has needed, and I 100% think she is the woman going into 2020 who will elevate the women's division in AEW where it needs to be. Um, and then as far as tag teams go, I'm going to have to say uh, with hope that it's private party. Um, I think that they have kind of taken a back seat recently, but I hope as the new year comes, they get back up onto the being more um, part of the shows more often because they are just so good. I'd love to see them get a tag team title run. And so I'm going to go with private party for my tag team. All right. Those are great answers. And actually this is one of those times we, actually have difference in answers which is awesome uh men's uh i'm going to take sammy Guevara. I, I i know he's part of the inner circle but i think this will be the year that he moves a little bit up towards that and maybe some higher profile matches uh, uh tag team i am going to go with the beaver boys They've already started getting elevated being in the Dark Order gimmick. I think there's going to be some reluctancy with the ways of the Dark Order. And I think that'll elevate the Beaver Boys. The women, you know, everyone knows. You can look at my personal Twitter, who I'm a fan of. Swole, (laughs) world, big swole. I think she's going to have a breakout year. Uh, One of the things that you're going to have to do is her her type of – confidence who she is is probably going to be uncomfortable for a lot of people just because they're not used to it but once people get used to it that i think she'll catch on definitely oh yeah i agree she's a that's a great answer um she is definitely i think i could see 2020 being huge for her people are going to fall in love with her if they aren't already definitely agree with that all right next and we got two more we're only doing two more. Next is from friend of the show, my little buddy, Sydney. And she sent uh, the question, what would you say was the best pay-per-view you two went to this year and why? Another tough question. I will let you start, Tiffany. This is really, really tough because they've all been special in different ways. Um, but I'm going to have to go with double or nothing. Um 
it's it was you know the first event that AEW did as AEW. Um, I got to be front row. I got to see Cody versus Dustin from the front row. So that to me, I can't even though every single one has been special in their own way. At Full Gear, I got to see. Cody's first world title match, you know, and all out, I got to sit next to Floyd in the front row. So for that and just getting to have so much fun, that was so special. But double or nothing, it it was just, it was such an excellent event. And, you know, it was that first really like, hey, this is AEW. You know, we started the company in January and then we all counted down to double or nothing. We went all in with them. Then we went double or nothing. And that show was so good. And on a personal level for me, you know, the Rhodes family means so much to me. They're like family to me. And to be their front row and, you know, to be be able to just take that match in in such a close proximity and and just 100% lose myself in it was more than I could have ever dreamed of. And if I never get to be that close again for another, you know, event, I'm just so happy that I was able to do it for – double or nothing for that match because it meant the world to me. So I don't think I could put any other show above that ever because it's, it's just that special. I mean, any wrestling show I've ever been to and I've been to many, uh, nothing I don't think will ever compare to that, that event in that match itself, especially in that moment of getting to just witness them to make magic out there. All right. Well, for me, similar reasons, it was all out. It was my first major show being in the first row. And uh, for me, my moment of the year, pure moment of the year. Uh, <laughs> I Arn know what Ed- this is going to be. <laughs> Arn, Anderson, Arn Anderson coming out right in front of me and with five, maybe ten feet away from me uh, doing my first ever live spine buster. Uh, for me as a person – uh, five, six, seven-year-old Floyd growing up in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I had one hero. It is an unlikely hero. His hero was – my hero was Arn Anderson. And I know a lot of you wonder why a little seven-year-old black kid loved Arn Anderson so much. And, you know, <laughs> I, I, I can't answer it, but he drew to me. And he was always my favorite. By the time I graduated and could start going to shows – like I said, I know you've heard the story. I, Arn Anderson had retired. So I had pretty much let go of seeing that move in, you know, in person. WrestleMania 18, you know, at Toronto where he did it on The Undertaker was a year before I started going to WrestleManias. So it was like I was just missing out. And it was like, it was like something in the world made me miss out on those moments so I could have that moment. And for anyone that doubts my excitement, you can go watch All Out. (laughs) And at the moment I see Arn Anderson, look at the expression on my face because that was the greatest wrestling moment of my life. I was in the front row for it. So, yes, All Out, 100% for me. And I have to say, going elaborating on that, um, like, and that's why I said it's so hard to choose because I got to experience that right beside Floyd. And, you know, to be able to, to have Floyd beside me at All Out and for us to have, to be able to watch Cody together from the front row, be at an AEW pay-per-view from the front row, 
And then to me, for me to witness, and that's a moment no one knew was going to happen, you know, like that was not something that we all thought for sure aren't going to come out and do a spine buster. Like nobody saw that coming. So that was just, just, it was such a genuine moment, genuine excitement. And that's what wrestling's all about. Cody would tell you that that's, that's what wrestling is all about are those moments. And for me to be able to be beside my friend and see him that excited was like, might be the highlight for me even more than the show because he was so excited. So like, and that's documented forever. So go watch it. Um, even if you if you know what we're talking about, just go watch it again because it'll make you smile seeing Floyd so excited. So it was so special, and I love that 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 happened. I love that I got to be there beside Floyd for that. It was just awesome. Join the dark order. My hand didn't stop shaking for like 10 minutes. Like, seriously, I was completely <laughs> yeah, lost. So yes, I was like, I don't even Thumbing know. Thumbing up and down. It was great. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know what happened most of the first I was, yeah, great great moment in wrestling uh, for me. So, all out, without a shadow of doubt. It was hard because I was at Double Nothing. I was at Full Gear. It was, those were fun shows, but that Arn Anderson moment, it, it was the tiebreaker. All right, now the piece, De La Resistance, the last question, and this is also the winning question. We saved the best for last. Uh, me and Tiffany discussed it. We thought this was the big, que big question. I'm going to tell you when we do these Q&As, if you, you know, you, you got to know your audience, right? You probably, That's true. That's yeah, you point. might want to tailor your question towards a certain blonde wrestler that has a tremendous entrance i'm just saying so uh so <laughs> does, he have, does he have pyro does, does he have pyro in his entrance i can't remember yeah, I, yeah. I don't know yeah, i believe he does <laughs> he does okay okay i couldn't remember <laughs> yes so uh this comes from nikki at my ascension 18 is her twitter name so this was a bit of a question she says this question has a story I started listening to podcasts because you guys love Cody. When this podcast started, Cody was getting a lot of hate from Twitter and the IWC internet wrestling community, if people don't know what that means, for everything he did. I searched his name to retweet Cody Love, and people would send him the rudest things. We all experienced this. Suddenly, the majority of that stopped. 2019 became the year of Cody. What do you think changed this year that made Cody click with the general audience, as in people outside the fan base, what can, can uh, Cody do to maintain the connection with the fans? And this is also the favorite moment of 2019, uh, favorite Cody moment of 2019. For me, that all comes with one answer, but Tiffany is the queen of the Cody fandom. I need to know, what do you think about this? And we, we also, is the last part you did say was also the favorite moment for him yes. this year yes. as well? Okay. Okay, perfect. So um, starting off, first of all, about him getting a lot of hate. And, I mean, what changed? I think what changed is, and it might be, it doesn't, it's not trying to be, you know, corny or go with what he says, but he genuinely went from undesirable to undeniable. And he did that by just being himself. And I think, you know, when you, you work as hard as he works and he he just never stops 
working so hard. And I think it almost becomes a point where, you know, and like I said, undeniable, it's his word, it's his, his slogan, but it, 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 it works because it's true. Um, the fans, you know, you, you become a point where you want to hate Cody, if, and, and I don't know why, but a lot of people do, but you just start to be like, I can't hate this guy because he's good and he's legit and he's genuine and he goes out there and literally puts his heart and soul out there. I mean, one thing with Cody is he's not afraid to be vulnerable, and I think that people eventually really do start to take to that and respect it because he's not putting on an act. When he goes out there and cuts a promo and starts crying, that's because that's, that's proof, and that's not fake tears. That's Cody, like, because he feels it on such a level. Like, you know, Cody loves pro wrestling, and I say this, I've said this for years, he loves it more than anyone I've ever met, and I know a lot of people love pro wrestling, and I'm not doubting that they do, but Cody just loves it on such a level. It's so deep in his heart, and, you know, I think that, you know, you reach a point where even if you don't want to like Cody, it just becomes that point where you cannot deny how good he is in the ring, what he what he's done for pro wrestling. I mean, it's insane to think about, you know, where he was in WWE when he left. I mean, the fact that they let they let Cody go because they genuinely did not think it would matter. Just say that. Think about that. Like, none of this happened. I mean, I know there's a lot of factors in why AEW happened. I know that Cody's not the sole reason, but none of it happened if Cody didn't leave WWE. That's just a fact. I'm not saying that as a biased Cody fan. It's just the truth. So it all starts with him making that decision to leave. And when you think about the fact that WWE was so certain that him leaving would not matter, that they were like, you can have your release, see you, bye. And now we have all Elite Wrestling on TNT. Again, I'm not saying it didn't happen just because of Cody, but that decision really was what started this, all of this to even happen in the first place because one thing affects another. It all was perfectly happened to reach this point. And I think that's something else that fans really, really uh, take to because, you know, he, he could have went so many different ways with his post-WWE career, but, you know, this is something that, you know, a bigger picture, doing something bigger for the fans, uh, and then once it happened, just seeing him go out there and just put everything into every match, and then when he talks, it's just, it's just genuine. When he's out there in the ring cutting a promo, it's genuine, and there's real emotion. I, I just think the undeniable factor comes into play it's kind of one of those things where he just doesn't give you the choice to hate him anymore because he's that good and he's he's just being himself and I think when people are real that people appreciate real so it's something that just think that um just could no longer people who didn't want to like him just couldn't deny him anymore as much as it sounds like a play into his slogan like I said it works because it's true um as far as what he should do to continue that momentum, this was a really hard one because I absolutely love Cody. And I know Cody is very much caught up in not wanting, which I completely respect him for, is to not put himself over too much because he doesn't want to be accused of being that guy hooks himself in the main event. That being said, if you're the guy everyone wants in the main event, you're going, you're doing a disservice to your company by holding yourself back, even if you're the one booking it. It's a tough spot to be in. I would not want to be in that position. 
I know that there's criticism involved with it, even if the majority of the fans want to see Cody win the title from Jericho at full gear or whatever. I get that there's also that handful of negatives that is going to just tear him apart for it. So I get it. But I don't think that holding himself back too much is the answer because with anything, no matter who's in charge of why it happens, if something's hot, you've got to pull the trigger on it for as long as you can until it phases out. And I think if you are afraid to pull that trigger for too long, it phases out and then never happens. And we don't want that to happen with Cody. I don't think it will. It's not in any, I don't think that's in danger of happening anytime soon, but just as the question asks moving forward, what can Cody do to maintain it? I think that's it. I think Cody really wants to also put over new talent. I think that's great, but I think he has to, and it's a tough, like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't envy him for this. It's a tough spot to be in to want to be, someone who put over talent but still maintains that level of popularity with the audience because I think Cody is money. I think Cody is the face of AEW. I think he should continue to be the face of AEW. And I just think that it's a, like I said, it's a very, very, very hard spot to be in. I don't envy him for it, but I think that he'll have to find that perfect balance between keeping himself in that spotlight, but without, doing it to a point that too many people are like, okay, now he's just booking the shows around him. I don't think Cody definitely doesn't want to do that, but I also just don't want him to do it to, to not do it to a point that he ends up kind of doing a disservice to himself. So it's, it's a tough spot, but I think that that's my, um, excuse me. And I take a drink there. Um, I think that's my answer as far as what he needs to do to continue it. And it's not an easy task, but I think he can do it. Cody is, he's got a mind for wrestling and a mind for, just how to make things work. He knows how to do it. He will do it. I have nothing but faith in him, but it's not an easy task. Um, as far as my moment of the year for Cody, it's easily the promo where he announced the stipulation for the match at Full Gear with Jericho. It's Tony Schiavone. When he cut that promo that The Rock praised, um, you know, it took me 14 years to go from undesirable to on God's undeniable. I just think everybody felt that. People were talking about it for the whole week to come and are still talking about it. Hands down, my moment of the year for Cody. All right. An epic question deserved an epic answer, and that answer was epic. Uh, to, mine's going to be a lot shorter. I am because she <laughs> said. No, because you said a lot of stuff I would have said, and I just don't want to mimic. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. All right. So, um, my moment, uh, my moment of the year is, I think the reason people turn, uh, turn towards Cody, uh, when he hit the throne, uh, the throne breaker, uh, that whole thing, I think Cody at that point, the whole sim symbolism of hitting the throne, getting rid of the attitude era, getting rid of his WWE past or whatever, that whole yeah. symbolism of that also leaned in to the FWWE vibe that most of the people that were rooting for all AEW and all elite to succeed were going for. So he leaned into it. And that's, and that is when I believe the sentiment of Cody completely turned. I think with that one hammer shot, he became the biggest face and probably the second biggest star in AEW. Everybody was behind him after that moment. 
What can he do to continue? What he can do to continue is something I don't think he will. And if he wanted to continue, keep being himself, of course, but lean into the fact that people don't like WWE. And yeah, NXT. I completely agree. <laughs> yes, that's if he wants to keep the momentum, lean into it. Don't he's been backing away over the last month, and I think that is not what people want. People want him to lean into the NXT war. People want him to be like FWWE, and he's not. He's very diplomatic about the WWE situation. But if you're asking me what he can do to continue his rise, he has to be the face of the anti-WWE uh, anti And you can do it in a way without just constantly taking he, cheap shots. Because, he, yeah, he because he, he, he doesn't really do that, but he yeah, still needs yeah. to lean into that. I agree. Yeah, he did do it in a way was not, but then he's like, then he's kind of backing up with the whole the fandom is toxic. I mean, in a you know when you war and you draw sides, most people aren't going to like the other side. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. It's like AEW is our team. You know, like, and in sports, let's use Tiffany is from Kansas City. I am a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Their biggest rival is the Oakland Raiders. We hate the Oakland Raiders as far as the Chiefs fan. We don't want anything good to happen for the Oakland Raiders. We understand it's a sport. We want everybody to live, but we want our team to do better than yours. And that is what the difference between AEW and NXT. It's not really toxic. It is just taking on a sports-like fandom. That's Yeah, my- and I think that that's a great answer. I'm glad you brought this up because I do have opinions about this. Um, I, I think that uh, kind of similar to my answer as far as what Cody needs to do to, to maintain his momentum, in my opinion, as far as being in a tough spot. I think that's, again, another tough spot for Cody that I do not admire. But it's it's hard because, you you know, this became a war. It was inevitable. It, and, like, Floyd uses a great example, especially when AEW wants to be viewed as, you know, a sports, you know, centric, whatever, and then you have NXT. And, you know, it was inevitable. Chris Jericho said it way, like, over the summer, whether you want this to be a war or not, it's a war. And it's inevitable. You can still love both. There's always people who just love both, and that's okay. But it's also okay to have a very, uh, you know, heavy devotion to one side or the other. That's okay, too. Like I've always said, as long as you're not being a jerk, you can be. I mean, I think clearly I am as passionate as it gets for AEW. I do not tweet about anything else. I don't put anyone down, but it's still very clear where my loyalty lies without being a hateful person. It can be done. I'm a prime example of it. Go read my Twitter. Um, but, you know, you can't, you, you can't smash a throne and then six months later say that, you know, you have fans who, you know, the fans are overprotective of AEW or that, um, you know, that the fan, fan base doesn't need to be toxic. I agree it shouldn't be toxic, but I don't think there's a problem with there being a rivalry, because that's just inevitable. It's like like Floyd said, a great example is the Chiefs and the Raiders. You know, those it, it's a rivalry. It's two different teams, and that's within a, uh, that's within the NFL. I mean, that's one huge thing. This is literally two separate wrestling companies that are not affiliated. So I think it's okay for fans to be at odds and to defend 
and, and love what they love and be passionate about it. I just, like I said, I, I will always back that up by saying you don't have to be a jerk to do this. But if you're being positive and you're just being passionate, go for it. I think that's where we win. And, you know, as a, as a fandom, when we are passionate about what we like, because if we're all just here supporting it all and we're fine and it's cool, no one cares, do you like AEW? That's cool. Do you like NXT? That's cool. It's fine to feel that way, but, but without that passion, I mean, AEW wouldn't exist without a fan base that was passionate and, and demanded this happen and pushed for it and supported it. There would be no AEW without that fan base. So it's, um, it's just something that I think is it's inevitable, it's essential, and I think Floyd makes a great point. And I do think with Cody, he's in such a tough spot. And I feel, I can't even imagine on his, where he come, where his, you know, frame of mind, what he, when he gets asked these questions or gets put in these spots to answer what he tries, you know, what, what he has to say, because I'm sure it's, it's kind of a split for him, because I'm sure there's that side of him that wants to keep smashing the thrones, but then there's that side where he's like, I'm an executive vice president, I need to be professional again similar to not pushing himself too far or not enough he has to find a happy medium there I think he will but I think right you know it's like like Floyd said he's kind of changed his tune in some interviews recently as far as being leaning into the anti-WWE part of it I think he definitely uh, will find a middle ground there that doesn't quite go too far either way not an easy spot to be in yeah yeah absolutely like I said it's just one of those situations if you he needs to lean into it i mean you can have kenny or one of the bucks come out and be you know you know be in the middle but he he is the general of this war as much as tony khan is the buddy the face of aew for most of this year has been cody so i don't i don't see yeah definitely agree so yeah so that was our question. That was our winning question. I will contact congratulations to Nikki. Congratulations to Nikki. I will definitely contact you on the social media so I can get you your uh, gift certificate to Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, everyone else, remember Pro Wrestling Tees has a twenty percent twenty percent off sale starting January first. So you know they don't pay us to advertise, but me and Tiffany. Both have closets full of Pro Wrestling Tees t-shirts. So that's not a company that would ever have to ask me to tell people about them. Every shirt I wear, including the shirt I'm wearing right now, is from Pro Wrestling Tees. Absolutely. I will. <laughs> I do not need to be paid or asked to, to put them over. I will sing their praises and tell everyone they're the best. Yes. So Pro Wrestling Tees. And then go, go get your – it's after the holidays now. Maybe you have some Christmas money. They're doing another sale because they're crazy and they just want to keep working all these extra hours. But 20% off starting January 1st. That's also the uh, anniversary sale for AEW because we are uh, just days away from the one-year anniversary of the announcement of AEW. So celebrate that with getting some merch. Why not? Yeah, and I will tell you, Floyd, a Floyd tip on ordering shirts, pay the extra $3.99 for the premium soft style. Oh, my God, yes. I never buy a shirt that's not tossed out. It's so worth it. <laughs> Most comfortable shirt I've ever worn in my life. Like, it doesn't matter. I literally go in my closet a lot of times and just grab a shirt. Yeah, you know it's going to be good and comfy. Yeah, no, no, it's going to be good and comfy. Yeah, so uh, just a squaw. Uh, we did uh, get another announcement uh, as we wrap up the show. 
Uh, we did it another announcement from Cody. Uh, tomorrow, Sunday, the 29th, at 6 Central, 7 Eastern, Road to Jacksonville. We'll get a Road to. The Road to series returns tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. That's on YouTube, on the All, Th- All Elite Wrestling YouTube. And then we got a few announcements for uh, uh, the first Dynamite. Uh, we're going to find out if John Moxley accepts Chris Jericho's offer to join the cir- inner circle. He said he has an offer he can't refuse. We're going to get the MJF stipulation. Taz is going to make a guest appearance. And before anyone speculates, he is going to be a guest announcer. He is not going to have an on-screen authority role, which I think would be a big mistake if AEW did that. I don't like the idea of on-screen. 100% authority. agree. They they do not need a commissioner. I, I, I didn't know that was even a rumor, but I saw someone tweet about it. 100% agree. They, that's not something they need at all. Yes, if they want to call him the head of the championship committee and his role could be completely off screen, I can deal with that. But I don't want him coming down to the ring and like, you got to face John Moxley tonight. Now I don't want that's played out. No, no, absolutely does not need to happen. I would hate that. Yes. (laughs) Then we get the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, the elite versus uh, the Lucha Bros and Pac. Oh my God, that's gonna be just <laughs> like people are like my excitement for that is uh, eleven, and I like and that's just gonna be uh, just gonna be a great match. We also got John Moxley versus Trent Beretta announced. Uh, uh, that's gonna be on the show. Then recording for Dark, we're gonna have the Gun Club, Billy and Austin Gunn. And they're going to go against Proud and Powerful. That's going to be for Dark for the a week from Tuesday. But I just thought that was pretty cool that, you know, him and his son get to wrestle together. Yeah, and, that's, that's really cool. And the thing we're most excited about, and of course I saved it for last, Cody Darby 2. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. And I put a poll up on Twitter um, Twitter at All Elite Tiffany. If you haven't voted yet, go vote who you think's going to win. I love the fact that this poll has hundreds of votes and it still is 50-50. And that's the best kind of match to me is when you go into a match genuinely having no idea who's going to win. And I think it's not only going to be split in terms of who people think is or, you know might win, but also who they want to win, which is exciting. So I cannot wait I, to see them. The first match was so good. I am so excited for this to be to be happening Wednesday. It's almost here, and I, I cannot wait. All right, and that is awesome. I'm very excited about that. Uh, yeah, that's for any that between. This is going to be the show that you tell your friends not to miss. We got it's loaded with talent. I think we're going to get an appearance from Awesome Kong and Brandy. I saw that one also, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so it's going to be the great. Nightmare Collective will be in Jacksonville. All right. So, Tiffany, I did not tell you this before because I want it off the top of your head. And we're at the end of the year. This is the last show. I'm going to ask one thing. What is the one thing you're most looking forward to next year as far as AEW? The one thing I'm looking forward to next year? Oh, goodness. there's <laughs> It's so many. Um, I'm excited. I know. There's a lot of things. Um, I don't know because I'm on the spot, so I could change this answer probably 20 times if I really give it some thought. 
But I think, um, obviously, I can't imagine Jericho going with the whole year as champ. So I think it's going to be exciting to see who dethrones Le Champion and wins the AEW world title from Chris Jericho. Yes, that is a great answer. I am excited about who debuts with the company this year. I'm excited to see who the new wrestlers are, whether we get Marty or Killer Cross or whoever it may be. I would like, to, I am excited about the new debuts. That's kind of like my favorite thing when it comes to wrestling. So as we end the year, Tiffany, I want to say I sincerely thank you for hanging with me, being on the show. I love how much our friendship has truly blossomed over the last year and how tight we've got. Again, I just thank you for being a huge positive part of my life. Likewise, right back at you. I, I love that AEW, pretty much our mutual love of Cody and then AEW happening has just brought our friendship to another level, um, genuinely family to me. And I cannot wait to go into 2020 and make so many more AEW memories together. It's going to be a great year. I'm so excited for it. Yeah, we're already going to two shows together. <laughs> like, <laughs> we are. Yes. We've got we've got AEW in Kansas City, my hometown. I am so excited for that. And then as well, we will be doing Revolution. Who? Else, what else will we add? Who knows? We've got the sky's the limit for us. We'll we'll try to do as much as we possibly can. All right, and I want to wish everyone a happy holidays and hope you have a wonderful new year. Stay safe. You know, be uh, be around people you love that'll take care of you. I just say it's important because I know a lot of drinking happens at this time of the year, and I just want to make sure everyone gets home safe. So, to yeah, all- please use Uber. Don't drive. <laughs> don't do anything silly. Uber's out there. Use it. It's there for you. Please be yes. safe. We want you here with us in 2020. <laughs> so, to all the people we've met, the people we will meet next year, to the AEW fans and uh, fans that listen to our show just to hate us. I want to say thank you for every download, every second, every minute that you've ever listened to this show. We look forward to providing you uh, content all through next year. And we, I love doing this. I love talking. But just remember, no matter if it's home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite.